Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy, joined by Todd Young. Hi, Todd. Hi, I'm here. Ready to roll. Perfect. Um, real quick, Vance is on his honeymoon right now. Um, so we're going to kind of be, I don't I'm going to say batching it, um, Todd and yeah. I, for the next couple yeah. shows. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that's why we didn't get one out last week, if anyone's paying attention. And we're going we're gonna to play catch up this week. But... Vance will be back here in probably a week and a half. It's going to depend. He might be joining us after the uh, New York opener, but we'll see. He's not disappeared forever. He's just preoccupied right now. So with that said, oh, yeah, and we're going to do the, uh, we might, we're not going to talk about his wedding on these shows. We might hit on it when he comes back. There are some some musky-related points to that. Uh, wedding that I felt were pertinent to talk about on the show, but we're going to wait for him to come back. So anything else before we move on, Todd, on that? No, it was just a lot of fun. It was a fairly long weekend for me. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. (laughs) Probably not as long as someone that isn't here. (laughs) Yeah. So with that being said, in spirit, Vance is in front of Ranger. All right. This show is brought to you by Fatty Z Musky products. FattyZMusky.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I am slowly starting to build some Raptor inventory. I have some. They are not completely complete, but they are very close to being complete. But in the meantime, check out Musky Tackle online. Last week, I did ship a nice, healthy size box of Raptors to him, and he should have everything up on the store website. I didn't check, but he's had a you know probably at least five days to do it. Uh, if they're not updated, check them here in the next few. Uh, and Team Rhino Outdoors, he also got a giant shipment, I don't know, probably less than a month ago. If you're uh, you know, a loyal listener, you would have known that uh, from previous shows. But those were where the Raptors are. Our website does not have them. But what our website does have are the rod holders. We have plenty of those, and they've been moving pretty well over the this spring. So if you have any questions about setting up a boat, hit us up, and we can help you out if you have any questions. And this show is also brought to you by St. Croix Rods, best rods on earth. And Todd, does Muddy Creek use St. Croix Rods? Oh, my gosh. We use them. We have them on it like every every rod in the boat, I believe, anymore. I had a few all-stars still floating around, but I think they've kicked the bucket after many years. But so uh, definitely we're we're using all St. Croix stuff, the St. Croix trolling rods. Uh, We just started using you know, playing around with them last year. Really like them. All the casting rods, St. Croix. Check out St. Croix. Any t- any type of fishing you want to do, St. Croix has something to offer for you. And uh, mostly made in America. Check them out. And talk about Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. You alluded in the plug for St. Yeah. Croix. Yeah. Yep. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. MCFishingGuides.com. Get a hold of us. Vance and I will be starting up here. I don't have anything left open here in uh, Pennsylvania. Cause I only got like a week and a half left, <laughs> but, uh, we will be starting up Memorial day weekend. We're going to fish through November first couple weeks of November, probably, uh, the, the June, the early season, June, July, very booked up. We have a couple days. We get a cancellation here and there, uh, uh, September, October, lots of openings still for the fall that will change. We will get those booked also. I'm sure. So get a hold of us. We're going to do our best, get you out there and get you on some fish. 
you know, we're going to do it every day, the whole season. So <laughs> there's not very many. I take a few days off to come home. I don't know how many days Vance has taken off, but not many. Uh, we're going to be out there every day. Muskie fishing only. We're not going to be taking guys bass fishing, walleye fishing, and uh, doing other stuff in between. So it, it, it gives us an advantage. There's no doubt about it to stick with the muskies all season. So get a hold of us. We'll do our best. Very nice. You guys will also be fishing out of Ranger boats. But not only that, I will be fishing out of a Ranger boat as well. You sure will. I did not get mine from Vicks Marine Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. I got mine out of Minnesota, which I did some backtracking on this, just very little bit, and I found this was interesting. So I bought my boat from a fella in Minnesota, which he bought that boat from another fella in Minnesota. I don't know the connection between those two or if there was another owner somewhere else, but there's a sticker on the hull of my boat. It was originally from Texas. So my boat has been in Texas, Minnesota, two owners at least, and now it sits in my pole barn. Well-traveled. I'm sure it still looks great. Yes, because I polish it almost every night (laughs) and hopes to use it someday. But if you want to have your own Ranger, check out Vicks Marine Sports Center in Kent, Ohio. They're one of the largest volume dealers of Ranger in the nation, and they have a great inventory of used boats as well. They also sell the brand new Ranger aluminum series, star weld and star craft. And, uh, tell them you heard it on fatty Z musky podcast. And that's taking us to St. Croix rod, uh, not St. Croix rods, Muskie's Inc. Muskie's Inc. Check out your local chapter. Every state that has muskies, I believe has a chapter. Some states, many chapters, but, uh, you know, get a hold. There's lots of, lots of neat stuff going on with their local muskie ink chapter. I mean, take, so I hear this before, like, oh, what, what does muskie ink do for me and blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, you send the money and it goes here, but you know, I think you should step, take a step back and think, what can I do for muskie's ink by getting involved in your local chapters? You know, I know our local chapter here. Chapter 16 in Pittsburgh, there's lots of stuff has happened since we created this chapter. Uh, the, the big part of getting, uh, we used to be two fish a day, 30 inches, you know, big part of getting that down to one fish a day, 40 inches for illegal. Not that any musky fishermen do it, but there's other people out there that do keep the fish, you know. Uh, we got the size limit raised. They got a season-long uh all season you can fish for them all season out in pennsylvania uh all a lot of that came came about because of our local chapter and people getting involved and pushing for different things and i it's just it's just very important lots of neat things go on there you got the we had vance and Lori winning the uh national release awards this year for the in 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 the lunge log the tournaments uh every chapter most all chapters have tournaments i know we have one coming up through our chapter i won't be fishing it because i'm doing charters that weekend but you know we have a big one at pima tuning lake andy luke a big memorial tournament uh that was a past president of ours that passed away actually drowned while while he was fishing uh, uh but 
It's named after him. Everyone's look, looking forward to going to fishing that tournament this weekend. There'll be a lot of people out, and we have a lot of tournaments that we can promote right now. I know Zach's uh, Chapter 69. Zach is the president up there, up in north, I guess, north central New York. Uh, Chautauqua Showdown comes around the end of June. I can't remember the date offhand. June 28, 27, 29, something like that. One day tournament. They've had great turnouts the last couple of years. Uh, get a hold of Zach. They have their own website now, Chapter 69. You can get all the information on there. And I know Van or uh, Andy's got some some other tournaments that want. Uh, That's right. Want this, to be promoted. Yeah. This one's going to be a short notice. Uh, this was uh, requested that I bring this one up last week, but due to events, we were not able to record. So. We lost like five days on this one, but that's all right. So coming up on May 18th, which is in like five days, there is the Central New York Muskies chapter. Chapter 70 is holding a Tiger Muskie and Northern Pike catch and release tournament. It starts at 7 a.m., ends at 3. It's in uh, Seneca, was that Oneida, and Oswego Rivers. Yeah. I'm not very good at pronouncing some of Yeah, these. that sounds good. Okay, sounds good. good. So I'm, I'm trying here. I think it's Oneida. That's okay. You're good. Okay. All right. Well, whatever it is, I don't mind botching this because I'm not perfect. <laughs> so you can, there's a whole bunch. I got this little flyer here in front of me. I could go down everything, but I don't want to insult anyone's intelligence. Just go to CNY Muskies, spelled with an I-E-S, dot org for their website, and you can get all the information there. Muskies, Inc. members do receive a $10 reduced entry fee at $25 versus non-members at $35. So if you do like this little mini tournament trail there, uh, you know, you can do those, those local tournaments that essentially w- could pay for most, if not all of your Muskie Zinc membership dues that are, uh, yearly. So a little perk. Um, the other one is going to be in Wausau June 1st. And I'm pulling that up now. The uh, Wasa Area of Muskies, Inc., their tournament, it's going to be on May 31st, which that's coming up very quickly as well. It's $80 a boat, advanced entry, 50% payout. If you are late registering, it's $80 a boat plus $20 penalty. And there is a mandatory meeting. And you can get that information at Muskies with an I-E-S, dot com, And it's on their local chapters page for more information if you're in the Wisconsin area during those days. That's the three that we have to announce. Yeah. These tournaments, for me in the past, these tournaments were so much fun. I could I could look at our local club, which tournaments I wanted to fish, you know, back before I was doing all the guiding 25 years ago, but I could take that. Put it on my calendars like this is what I'm doing this weekend. I'm going to this tournament. And we always had so much fun doing them. The competition's fun. And it was just a, a time that I could block off and say, yes, this is I'm going fishing this weekend. No matter what, it's on the schedule. Uh, you can learn a lot by going to them. You get to see what other guys are doing. Uh, just an easy way to do it is through Muskie's Inc. The, the, these 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 uh you know local club chapter tournaments and stuff uh 
just yeah. I just had so much fun doing them throughout the years. We'll put it that way. I wish I missed that part that I can't do anymore. You know, I did look forward to those so much. I could get it on the schedule, but it just doesn't work that well nowadays. But you know, right? Uh, I, I miss it. Yeah. Now this this is something like all plugs aside. I'm kind of moving away from the plugs, but this is kind of a neat mm-hmm. little thing that you brought up. So for me, you know, I I I joke and you know. Uh, about how I don't get to fish all that much and stuff. And, you know, my my schedule's still kind of hectic and things. But I found that what works really well, at least in my situation, is if I, if I give plenty of time in advance to say, hey, Kara, guess what? On this day, I'm going to be fishing this. And if it's exactly. more— Exactly. If it's not yeah. like, you know, like, well, that, that May 18th one is not going to work for me— because that's my wife's birthday. But like I can't just drop it five days in advance if I'm gonna be, you know, big sections of time blocked off where I'm not at home. But like if you were to say, Oh, you know, we have this one late June, which probably will not also work for me. It's my daughter's birthday weekend, more than likely, as that always seems to fall on that one. But you can say, Hey, in two months from now I'm doing this and for the most part they're like, Okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. And it's not like what? You're doing yeah. what? And we got yeah. all this to do. You're like, I told you this and you wrote it on the calendar and then yep. you're like legit. And that's kind of neat. Exactly. Because who else is putting on tournaments? Like the, tournaments were fun. We did that one in 2013, that PMTT. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was fun. I enjoyed fun. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but other than that, who else is putting on some tournaments? Yeah. There's, it, it's clubs and musky yeah, zinc. Muskie's Inc. is doing it. It's not like you're going to be like, oh, just, you know, whatever, the the FLW Muskie Tour. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have that many options to go go to these tournaments. And I did that. I worked a full-time job guiding on the side, and, but I would take some of those weekends as like, it doesn't matter who calls. It doesn't matter what's happening at work. I'll tell my boss, because I was basically self-employed, that you got to get whatever you need done by the end of this week you got to get it in here i'll get it done i don't care if i work 12 hours because saturday sunday i'm going to be here at this tournament (laughs) you know that's just the way it's going to be and if you do that as andy said a couple weeks in advance a couple months in advance uh it, it makes it a lot easier and it's just like it's on the schedule that's what's happening and uh that's what i always did with the tournament so even though i didn't get to fish a lot for myself or by myself. Uh, I mean, I did it with my Canadian trips. I'd always be like this week, I'm going to Canada. I would know that a year in advance. And it was like, this is what I'm doing that week. If I have to quit my job, I guess I have to quit my job, but that's what I'm doing that week, <laughs> you know, sort of taking it to the extreme, but it's a neat way to do it. And the clubs do a great job putting on these tournaments and, you know, they can be a lot of fun. And the, the clubs are really interacting a lot right now. Uh, used to be, you know, you had to be a member of a certain club that happened for a long time. Now it's like, you're a Muskie's Inc. member. Come on. Right. Yeah. It, Get it going. You could look down there. The guys in West Virginia are putting on great tournaments early season and then you all through the country. Uh, you know, I just thought of one, like I, I, I spoke very quickly saying who else is putting on tournaments. Brandon Lilly of, of figure eight. Yes. He, he's doing that, but that's, I mean, I got to give him credit there. If anyone was sitting there yelling at, you know, their, their computer or their car or their phone, it just hit me. 
But mm-hmm. I don't know anyone else that's really doing that. I think some of the Cave Run boys put something yep. on Tony. They're start, yeah, they have they have tournaments all the time at Cave Run. And I think Tony and Greg might be starting something with a musky hunter tournament series or something. I don't know. We'll see. Right. We'll but talk to them. Per- predominantly, you know, I'm standing yeah. by a correction right now. Um, predominantly, yeah. it's going to be all musky zinc stuff that, that's, that's driving this. And I, I think that that's great because, you know, eventually I'm going to be able to shake free and maybe take my, my boy or my daughter with me one time and exactly and, and, and start doing stuff more like that. And it's going to be neat if it's not like, you know, there's some lakes I just don't want to fish. There's some lakes mm-hmm. that I have absolutely no interest in going to. And there's a tournament held there almost every year. And and that's my one of my closest. And I'm just like, I'm not going to go to that. But if these tournaments keep popping up like they are, like mm-hmm. there's going to be a, like, oh, this is going to be great. I'll just go to this one yeah. as this thing grows in popularity. And while I can't, you know, be a customer or, or whatever you want to call it, a, 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 a person in the tournament, I, I still feel I'm doing my part by promoting it and being, you know, a, a, yeah. a club member and hoping that it can still grow. And, uh, you know, it'd be neat to take my, take my boy or my daughter, you know, maybe one day when we're freed up, my wife will go with me. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's good to see the sport growing. I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a double-edged sword, really. You want the lake all to yourself, but good things are going to happen when you have to share it with a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but the frustrations come with it too. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's just a, a lot of neat things. I mean, a lot of people's seasons are they're kicking off. I mean, I I went out and I think we talked about it briefly. Vance and I went out on the on the lake on my boat and we didn't really fish much. We I wouldn't even really call it that we fished. We more or less recorded promo videos and stuff. But I'm seeing a lot of musky photos popping up. I know I'm getting photos often on my phone, various local lakes, you know, not necessarily stuff caught on our baits. You know, nonetheless, it, it's it's really neat. You know, some of that, just we have a lot of hands, you know, that, that we're, we're touching a lot of people. And uh, it, it's neat to see some of this, this feedback come back in. And while I don't know the first time I'm going to get out for muskies, but I think, mm-hmm. Todd, I know your first time going out, you know, like for the real seasons coming up real soon. Um, yeah. I mean, do you have any anything new that you're doing to the boat this year? You've had it for a year. Anything new you're doing? Boy, the boat, not not that much to the boat. You know, we took it back to Vicks for service and got everything ready to roll there. I have to go out and do a little. Uh, I noticed the other day, for some reason, my my uh, trolling motor unit was not kicking on to the uh, GPS or, you know, I couldn't. The autopilot feature? Yeah, the autopilot wasn't working, but I got the book out and read through. I just have to do a little run down there, which we'll get that shook out here real quick mm-hmm. uh i got a whole week coming up of fishing in pennsylvania here before we head up to new york which is it, it's right around the corner i'm still trying to go out there and get a turkey and uh uh but the fishing season is going to really kick off for me coming this saturday so got a couple more days to get things ready i've been going through the tackle stuff the the boat's ready to roll She's plugged in. She's ready to go. Already had her out a few times. We've got a few fish in the boat, and uh, it, it seems kind of ready to go there. It seems kind of like 
not typical because I remember when you had the Lund, you mm-hmm. were I'm changing this this year, and you're 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 doing little more tweaks. At least you're being yeah. more vocal about the tweaks. But you're mm-hmm. you seem to have been pretty satisfied with with how the layout. Yeah, was. I mean, you know, with the Lund, we started with all kinds of different rod holder systems. Now we got the the AZ and a big piece of track running down the side, and it's just like I can look at something. I could do this. I could do that. I was like, eh, got the track. I'll make it work. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I can move stuff around. It makes a huge difference having a five foot piece of track down the side. Mm-hmm. I don't really look at a lot of those changes that I'm doing, and you know, control the motors on the front, and a lot of that was got to be maintenance with the Lund mm-hmm. after having it for. 17 years <laughs> right this is still a brand new boat to me yeah it's you know I, I we've been having one person in particular again i didn't ask permission i'm not going to name names but this person will know they are in the market for uh upgraded boat and i keep stumbling upon your vintage era lund mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know screenshot send it off and stuff like that and you know, it's just it it's it's neat because now I'm going to take a different direction real quick. There was a thread on a forum talking about why new boats are so expensive, and you know everyone kind of had their theory or or what they felt was the reason why. And i i could i could put I could put some of my eggs in all of those baskets, but the thing that really got me was these some of these people commenting saying, like, you can catch the same amount of fish out of a $100 used yard sale boat as you can a big sparkly boat and and what have you. But what kept circling me around, and it's mainly because I was, you know, brought in this conversation of of looking for a new-to-this-person boat or even possibly a new boat, Um, it gets kind of weird with boats. So in order to buy a used boat, that boat had to be new at some point. So even though you might have a really expensive boat today, it's going to be affordable. It might be affordable in 10 years, 15, 20, 30, whatever you consider to be affordable. But all these people that complain about the price of new boats, they might own that boat, but it's going to be 20 years down the road. So someone has to buy that expensive boat now. So complaining about it is more or less saying, I'm not going to be having a nice boat in 20 years from now. Does, yeah. that, does that kind of make this? Yeah, I mean, I, I, did, I did it with vehicles. You know, the mm-hmm. year, first year I was able to drive was 1985. That's the year I turned 16. And, uh, oh, my gosh, did I want a 1985 Chevy Blazer? Mm-hmm. I, I got one in, like, 1994. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> I just had to wait. I got, to, I got, to, I got my Blazer. Had like forty eight thousand miles, got a good deal on it. Yeah, it's the same way with boats. There was nothing wrong with that vehicle. There's, there's going to be nothing wrong with your boat either. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting because I see like this how this go full, full circle, and eventually you get to a point to where, as I was starting to you know look at some of the pricing and stuff like that, you can buy you know whatever brand X. I'm not picking on anything. And it's going to be $30,000 used. And I'm like, well, that boat was new for twice that. Yeah. But then, then you look at some of these other boats and you're like, you can buy new for sticker at 36. And 
is it going to do anything different? Well, so it might have strength and weaknesses, but if mm. you really want to boil it down to that $100 yard sale boat, well, yeah. But you don't see people out there fishing in the $100 John boats that they picked up from some yeah. granny down the road. I, it's 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 a tough thing to, to really to deal with. Yeah. But yeah. So anyway, it comes back a lot. To, it comes back a lot to the comforts and you, you know the reliability. That that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part. Yeah. So I I'm always curious. Like after like every year, I remember Todd, you saying, "I'm just going to be tweaking my boat now." And every year you kind of tweak that line. You're like, cut me out this sticker. I'm going to touch up paint here. I'm going to do yeah. this. And it yes. and it could just be an arrangement of decals or a move, mm-hmm. moving of this or an update, updated graph. And But, it, you know, since you did get everything new, there's not really like you're going like, I want to update this yeah. one-year-old graph for a, <laughs> yeah. a six-month-old yeah. graph. Yeah. yeah. And that old boat, I mean, I'm, I don't know who has it. I don't know what's going on, but I'm sure it's still, I'm sure it's still floating and you can still catch the fish out of it. It's not any different really than the, the new like 1800 fisherman Lund. <laughs> There's not that much else they can do. It's as wide as they can be to pull them on the trailer, you know? Right. Yeah. It's meeting the, the there, 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 Yeah. There, there's not, yeah. There's not much else you can do. Yeah. So, so nothing really major with, with, with the boats, but something that does no. change every year. And for me, it's a collection of unused baits, but for Todd, it's maybe they they don't they don't go unused like mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, that's always the big thing. What what are we going to take? There's only so much room, you know. And we go through all these baits, and you know, I, I have tons of different bait makers that we use baits from, and you know, that's sort of what I'm doing, getting the tackle ready, and I'll and I'll have a bunch of standbys when I go up to the. Uh, when I head up, when I move up to the lake, basically, and uh, you know, I have a bunch of boxes, and sometimes I'll rotate through those and grab something if a certain color starts hitting or, or something. But uh, yeah, we, you know, we've been going through baits, and that, that's that's a big thing that guys talk to me about all the time. They're like, what you know, what's your what's your starting lineup? You know, what are you gonna start out with the season? And you know, it progresses as season goes, but. Uh, I mean, I can, I mean, honestly, I can say, you know, this is the, this is the honest truth. It's like, so I'm going to, I'm going to rattle off some names here. So last year trolling, we caught baits. Fish. Er, yeah. Yeah. We caught fish on. This is the list of the, the baits, the manufacturers, the manufacturers. And now a lot of these manufacturers sometimes like, so we'll start with the Wileys caught fish on Wileys last year but probably about five or six different types of Wileys. So we got fish on last year in my boat, trolling. Fish on Wileys, Bakers, Boss Shads, Legends, Tough Shads, Ziggies, Blue Waters, DKs, Cuckoo Lures, Leo Lures, Lungeon Lures, Hammer Lures, Bagley Lures, uh, Myers Lures, and that probably about does my trolling lineup right there. Uh, the casting, they were almost every single fish we got was on an AZ. I don't know why that was. <laughs> they were just crushing the AZs. No. <laughs> was it it's because? That's really, that's really the only thing we cast. But we did get, uh, I had a fella come on board. Some guys brought their own baits. We did catch some fish on some uh, lunge and spinner lures. We caught some fish on some storm 
I couldn't even tell you what it was, but he caught, we caught a couple of fish on some storm casting lures of some type and, uh, some true glides, but, uh, those were in very limited amounts because I didn't have them in my box, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so that's what we're doing. I mean, I'm just going through stuff, you know, I got tons of baits. There's only so much room and you can't even, I can't even use all my baits and I get to fish. 125 days a year all day trolling i'm running six poles uh but you know i sort of tweak the tackle box every year i'll look at a lure and like okay this thing has been in here for a couple seasons and i've caught like two fish on it so at that point it's not a lure i'm going to grab and you know i just sort of take them hanging in my garage I'm, I'm sitting here in my garage i'm looking at baits hanging here if you get on my basement there's baits hanging everywhere down there if you go into the I have a little, <laughs> I have a little, uh, uh, closet downstairs that has boxes of baits in them, you know? So I just sort of will grab one like, yeah, this is not one I'm going to grab. I'm going to put this new one in that I got this season, which I didn't get a lot of new baits this year. I don't get, a, you know, I, I have so many, I don't really, uh, well, I, you know, I, well, I stick a lot with the, <laughs> when you say that. I remember listening that this was something like when I was in fifth grade or something, one teacher said, whether it's true or not, I don't know, but it fits this perfectly. Like it was a trivia question. How much snow annually does Antarctica get? I don't, and it was something like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, three inches, something like that blew your mind because everyone thought Antarctica was cold. And and they're like, no, it's only like three inches of snow they get. And again, don't quote me on this exactly. And, and, and they're like, the thing is, is it never melts. So like, so Todd, you don't get a lot of new baits every year now, but a lot is dependent on what you think is a lot. But the, the the other Mm -hmm. thing is, is that they never leave. It doesn't seem like you ever get rid of any, the ones you get rid of, like you snag up and can't retrieve them. Yes. So it happens a couple, a couple times a year, you know, we, we, you know, we lose a bait. So as I say, a lot of the, a lot of my starting lineup this year, when I start, uh, th- there's some baits I'm going to put out that are 25 years old. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep, I'm going to start with this. Is what I start with the brown perch fat body. Uh, and more recently, I'm going to obviously put a Goldie Baker on one. I'm going to probably put a Fire Tiger Boshi out on one. You know, and uh, I have backups to all those. You have some that run great. You have some that you catch more fish on. I don't even know if it's, it's, you know, a lot of it doesn't even come down to how they're running. It's just a matter of, it's, it's real easy to grab a lure that you've, when you look in the box, it's like, well, you know, I've got like 75 muskies on that bait. That's an easy one to grab. I was like, that one's, that's got a couple. I tend to just reuse. I, I reuse so much that, uh, uh, I don't like having baits for very long that haven't caught a fish. Like I look at my big Plano and the box, you know, there's hardly any baits that I take. Now, they, now I'm going to have another, man, how many new baits that I get? We got some, obviously some new Bakers. I got a couple new Wileys, got some new, uh, uh, bait or B&N baits. B&N, we also got some yeah. new Leos. We got a couple of new Leos. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got a few new baits and I'll put them in there. Now you caught a fish on that BNN already. I remember you saying that. Yeah, we did. I got the first fish of the season that I caught this year on a, on a BNN. Yeah, it was just 
testing it out. It wasn't in the water long. Great looking little bait. Right. They're going to catch more. <laughs> I guarantee that. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, that that's sort of what I've been doing. Going through, I'm just getting that tackle ready to go. Uh, rods, reels, everything. that I took care of that over the winter. And uh, everything's ready to roll there. There's just a lot of uh, a lot of baits, and uh, I don't want to say like I struggle at this because struggling would mean that I'm actually doing the act. But <laughs> um, I have like my starting lineup. Like I'll, I'll do like what Gearman Steve says is virtual fishing, and mm-hmm. I'll go through like my Plano boxes. Like when I got the new boat, it was a perfect time to purge because you could almost be like I'm a hoarder. In in that once I kind of move into something, I'll start optimizing like space, and I had to get rid of my big hanging live well box because the live well stays with the boat. The boat left, and I got a new boat, and this new boat doesn't have the same live well setup. And if I were to make a hanging thing like that, I'd I'd only utilize like fifty percent of that live well for storage, and it's a more of a premium on this boat, which a lot of people complain about the six seventeen and lack of storage. I'm embracing it. Uh, I had a conversation over Facebook messenger with, with a, with a loyal listener of ours. Again, I'm not using names and he was asking about, do I drag a net with me when I, when I used to go bank yanking? And my response, you know, to paraphrase was at one time I did. However, it's too much crap to pack. And, you know, like what Todd, you do, you grab three or four baits and you put it in a trout mm-hmm. creel. Just yes. to store. I've never, I've never netted one of my bank yanking fish ever. I have, because at one time when I was losing a lot of fish, I thought that that was going to help. I can see that. Yeah. And it did help a little bit, but I found that the fish that I got to the bank that I could net, I could land otherwise I don't mm-hmm. know. It, it's just, it, it, it's, yeah. it's the classic thing. Musky fishing, you get into it, you spend what you feel is a lot of money on some gear. Next thing you know, you're going out there, you have a little bit of success. And then once you get adapted to the cost of this stuff, it's just like, just open the window and just start throwing money out. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and then you're, now you want to take everything because it, it does make life easier in certain situations. So you're like, well, it should make it easier here. No, no, no. It does. It doesn't. It sometimes complicates things. So I ended up taking out, oh my gosh, I'm probably down to 30% of the baits that I had in the old boat, in the new boat. But I'm not a huge fan of these Plano boxes because mm-hmm. before I had everything oh, no. hanging real nice. And it wasn't without its flaws. Don't get me wrong. I have boat yep. rash on some of my baits from it, which is not that big of a deal. I know they don't get chewed up or hook rash that much, mm-hmm. but they're in the boat, so they're they're at least on deck. If you know, if, if, if yeah, if you want to grab it, yeah. If I want to yep. grab it, so my starting lineup, I I normally play with in the boat, and the couple times I've gone out with the new boat, you know, I think I've been out four times now. It's kind of like these are always coming out, and I don't ever want to take them off. And then I start thinking back to like, hey, I just dumped a whole bunch of baits. Why am I carrying around all of these other ones now? If I'm only going to be running these six, why don't I narrow it down to eighteen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. then, and then you, then you get in that whole that the whole tizzy and stuff. But, um, it's it's a difficult thing to really narrow that stuff down because, like you were saying, well, this base caught me a couple. This one's caught me seventy five. 
how are you going to say, well, that one over there that I've never, ever run, that could be the hot one. And then yeah. you become a bait changer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doing his changing mm-hmm. And you baits. do. And, and there's people like that, you know, change baits all the time. And if, I mean, it, 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 every scenario is different. Uh, you know, I change a lot when I go, let, let's say I'm going on a trip to Canada. Mm-hmm. I can, I can use one pole and we're, and we're trolling for a while. So you, you grab your bait and you put it out and you run it for a little bit. I think I change a lot more when I'm there in, in that situation. Cause you know, I, this is, this is my baby. I got one, one opportunity. I'm running one pole. Nothing happens. Boom. Grab another color. Maybe the color, maybe this, maybe that, maybe this. I find myself when I'm out there doing the charger and I'm running six, I could put six out and I could probably run those same six the whole season. Isn't that counter like <laughs> counterintuitive there? Yeah. yeah like I know you're, you're, you're running. <laughs> we're just going to pick it as single person. So mm-hmm. a single person, you can run three in New York, three in Pennsylvania, but one in Canada. Yeah. So you would think, that if you wanted to maximize your time, so at any given time, you can reel in one rod. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know many people that can you know, reel in two rods with yeah. any kind of accuracy. <laughs> and so you, if you have three rods out and you reel one in, you still got two out there. And then you do whatever you want to do to that bait, whether you clean off the hooks or put a whole new bait on there, set it back out, and then you can rotate around. But when you're trolling one and you reel it in, now you're trolling zero. Yes, and and your it, it's your I whole. Feel, I, I I feel the need to change because I didn't catch it. You know, if I didn't catch anything in the last hour, I'll grab another color, mm-hmm. or something. Uh, yeah, it, and it is it it it's 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 backwards. It, it it messes with your mind, and it just like I think that you know when I do go, I've gotten to the thing with casting that it's I just want to look at this bait. This is. And I've been doing like, this is my bait this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be my yeah, first but... one on, and, and this is what I'm going to do. And I'm not really going to take it off for anything. I mean, I don't care if the person in the back or if I'm in the someone else's boat, the person in the front's like, the color is this. I'm like, well, they're going to eat this one because I'm going to make them eat it. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but, you know, I don't know. It, it messes with your head so much. And it's that's like the thing that I you you will look like a wizard if what you're doing works but mm-hmm. you you will look like a fool it may be in your own mind man if i would have just kept that one out originally yeah you know like you could have put taken it off went through 40 baits throughout the day put it back on you're like well i'm going to end the day on this and then rah, rah, rah. oh man what would have happened if i kept it on the whole time the only rod that went off was the bait i took off 40 minutes into the day yeah yeah exactly I don't know. There's no answer. Uh-uh. There's and, no answer. And I like numbers because numbers give you answers. And, th- mm-hmm. and this is not mm-hmm. an answer thing. So, <laughs> yeah. And I'll tell you, I tell you, you know, th- this is coming from, you know, I'm a big part with Bad AZ. I mean, we want to sell you every color Raptor that we make. That would be the great. That would be. Scenario. Yeah. That, that would be perfect for us if everybody bought every color. Because Andy can paint lots of colors. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can tell me what color <laughs> yeah, you want on the head, yeah, belly, you can and paint back. Whatever you want. But, you know, so much of it, so much of this comes back to, you know, are there days, 
yes, there, the, I can look back through the years and you can pick a day or a certain scenario that, wow, I don't know what would happen if I didn't have that color right now. Uh, it does happen, but you're talking about, you count them on one hand throughout the season that a day like that happens. More often than not, it is, you know, to me, my thinking, it is where, you know, where, where, where are you at and where are you putting that bait in the water column if you're trolling? Uh, if you're casting, same thing. Where, where are you, you know, when we're on fish, I can hand somebody, I can just grab, and I know Andy's brought this up before. He's like, oh, that's cool. Caught one on that one. They had to cut a hook. Let's, I haven't caught one on this bait in a while. Boom, grab another one. If we're in the zone, man, that color really is uh, very far down on the uh, priority list. On, on the priority list of what I'm trying to do that day. You know, it has more to do with the way that bait's working, whether it be, you know, the depth it's getting off the jerk bait or the way the guy's using the swim bait. Or if it's up to me when we're trolling, it's where am I putting that bait? Where Where is it in that water column? Where are those fish active right now? And uh, that has way more to do with it than uh, the color choice, in my own personal opinion, in most situations, almost all situations. Uh, yeah, I'm going to probably say realistically, if if you said you got like six baits to bring. Mm-hmm. I could probably say I could probably do everything that those six baits could do or 600 baits can do with maybe three or four. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, you know, like I was just saying my casting, this is my baby this year and I'll go do that. Yeah. I'll bring something else like a fallback, but I, I rarely will use it. I'll be, I'll be stubborn with that because like you were saying, I'd love to sell everyone every single color we have. Yeah. But when people ask, I, I come out and say, I'm like, I don't think it really matters. Pick one, which one you want. Yeah. Now, um, in a realistic terms, I got probably $4,000 worth of Wileys in every shape and color. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not immune yeah. to this, but mm-hmm. I, I think yes, that that's... me too. <laughs> yes. I'm the same way. You know me. I got tons of them. You, you have three <laughs> years of your coll- uh, daughter's college education yeah. sitting in tackle boxes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... And, uh, you know, I do it because I do it because I like it. I do it because I want to have this color and that color. What if they do this? And you're always thinking, you know, what if they start hitting this color? What if they start that? And as I said, I can count them on. You can count them on one hand. There are. And I have been in situations. Where there was other boats around friends of mine talking to them was like, holy crap, I cannot catch a fish unless I have a nine dollar bass out right now. Because I was just about to ask you that, like. I, I fought it, you know, I, I have fought it, you know, and I've picked up a fish here and there, but there have been times when I was like, I've got to get one of those. I mean, have you like personally experienced that it was a color? Cause I know we talked about, you know, several times that boss shad day with that fire tiger. Yes. And mm-hmm. I, I have experienced that. Now, I have experienced it. Have yeah. you during that day? I don't think that, this was discussed too much during that day. I know you put out more fire tigers. Did it mm-hmm. make a difference? No, they all hit the same one. So, you know, and, and that, that's another thing that screws with your head. It, it, exactly. 
Is it, is the, it the magic is wood? Is it the lore? <laughs> is it the magic wood? Is it the lore or is it the bait? You know, I was in a situation years ago up in Canada where, you know, I mean, I have walleye, eight inch wileys. I have every color, eight inch wiley. I did not have a $9 bass, eight incher. And man, every boat was getting them. And I just, I was struggling. <laughs> you go through there and I, you know, you know, part of me is saying, this fish doesn't know the difference between a brown perch or a wall or a, or, or, or $9 bass. Mm-hmm. They're both brown. They're both this and that. And yeah, I mean, I, I ended up finding one, <laughs> you know, to buy during the trip at our friend's lodge. And, uh, it, it, I'll be honest, it didn't make a difference for me. But I bought it because of that. But I'm talking about a couple situations in many, many, 40, many years. Forty years many, of yeah, many days of doing it. But it, it 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 has happened. So if you want to be the guy that's prepared, you have every color of every bait everybody makes in your uh, pull behind tractor trailer. I, I saw a meme recently, you know. and I'm going to butcher it, but it, it has it was like a loading dock where one of these big ports where they have those big steel shipping containers, and it's like yeah. trying to load your buddy's tackle on your boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you want to haul that just for that one scenario that happens a couple times maybe in a lifetime? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It, but uh, that that's about how infrequent it's been for me to see that it was like, wow, I really need, I wish I had that color. And a lot of times when I'm sitting there, I was like, I got that (laughs) back in my garage, (laughs) which doesn't help you at all. (laughs) It doesn't help me because I'm too far away. Yeah. And and some of that stuff, (laughs) you know, again, I I don't, I don't like to be a bike chaser. You know, I never Mm -hmm. have been, I, I would rather go in into below average odds then go chase a bite that's extremely above average. I hate. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't like that. That's that's a personal thing of mine. But some of that stuff, when I hear, "Oh, the fishing is great," by the way, they're only hitting rainbow trout pattern. And you're like, "Wait a minute!" So you're telling me that everyone's catching all these fish, and it's only on this color, and how some of that is, you know, just self-made. Now, rainbow mm-hmm. trout. Like, let's add some more layers. They're like. Well, yeah, but you need this rainbow trout. You got to change the hooks, remove the middle hook, and then I want you to bend the screw eye a little bit to where it almost blows out. But it's not going to blow out because you have a pound of lead, a dipsy diver, and you know six inches yeah. down on a rigger. That's the it has only a way. Lot more to do. Yeah, that's the way you're. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a lot more variables than just that rainbow trout. And, you brought up a couple of things already. You know, you were talking about the uh, the virtual fishing. Mm-hmm. That, that you brought up for a while there. And I, I had the opportunity earlier this season to go out with a couple friends of mine that uh, they were big into virtual fishing. Okay. Big, big time, you know, both unbelievable jobs and mm-hmm. both these guys got to retire. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about it out on, on the boat because they'd listened to podcasts. They'd heard about that. It was like, you know, that virtual fishing it's it's a little different when you can when you get to go all the time. Mm-hmm. I was like, absolutely. 
I don't do near as much virtual fishing. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be the guy I remember on a Friday night, <laughs> you know, uh, when I was in college, someone called, Hey man, we're going to go to this bar, check this out. And I was like, no, I can't go, oh, man. I'm sharpening hooks or I'm, you know, cause I'm going fishing next weekend and I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And they're like, you're, you're crazy. Well, cause that's your passion. Mm-hmm. It, it's different when you get the opportunity, the virtual fishing is a fun time to play with it. But once it's time to go, it's almost like, okay, I'm going to grab these go-tos and I'm going to go. It's almost like there's a lot less thinking goes into it when you actually get to go. <laughs> yeah, And sometimes you get just so stuck in a rut that virtual fishing is almost more fun than, than actually yeah. starting the act of fishing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because I, you can put these hurdles up for yourself and I, I'm living the hurdles right now. Mm-hmm. Is that you know you have a lot of other baggage on your on your mind, and it's not just that I'm lazy. I I'll I'll outwork anybody there is, and mm-hmm. but I'm just sure. like man, I gotta hook up the boat. I gotta stop mm-hmm. the gas, put the gas in the boat, make sure I got oil. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm gonna drive X amount of miles. Man, I might as well fill up the tank of the truck, and then by the time it's all done, I'm like, man, I'm gonna have an hour and a half before I'm even putting a bait in the water. I'm like, you know how much cheaper it is just to sit here and think about that I'm and play fishing. with this stuff yeah <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. It, yeah it then it yeah. turns into a slight level of craziness to where like if your wife walks in and, and and you don't know she like silently entered the room and you're just being like really silly like making the crankbait go or spinning the things and yeah yeah pretending your hands a musky to come up and hit it and, <laughs> and she's gonna yeah. look at you and just like okay. what's wrong with you like yeah what it, happened what happened <laughs> And you're like, you know, you get all embarrassed and stuff like that. And that hasn't happened to me, but I, I, I can remove myself <laughs> from it because I'm like, you just, it, they turn, they, they're no longer baits, but now they're toys. They're, they're an item to collect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do. I do. So I do very little virtual fishing anymore, which I used to do it all the time. I just never, uh, I never partake in that because it's like, okay, it's, it's time to go. We'll virtual fish while we're out there. Yeah. You can pack a lot more baits into a small box when you virtual fish than when you actually fish. Because when you pull one bait out and they all come out and you're like, I should have brought three Plano boxes for the amount oh, yeah. of baits, but I was able to nest the hooks perfectly to fit them all into one. <laughs> and you're so proud mm-hmm. that you got one Plano 3700. But by the end of the trip, you just end up just like, yeah, I'm going to leave this lid half open on a 45-degree angle because they all don't fit. And that does still happen to me every year. <laughs> I get them jammed. I was like, oh, okay, I can get garage, and I get them all lined. Here's my four in the one Plano slot. And, uh, you know, you go out fishing, and at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, so every box is filled, and there's still six on the dash. <laughs> what? Where where did I possibly get, how did I possibly have these in the box? And you start, you know, laying hooks in certain, mm-hmm. c- certain ways, then they'll go in. And then next thing you know, some of them are on the dash. We're like, okay, this one's going to go back to the camper and uh, it's going to stay there yeah. because I-, I can't get it back in the box for a while. You, you tuck this bait belly hook really tight to it, but you can't put it back on the uh, down. It's got to be hooked down because it, yes. it sits in tighter. And- yes. 
you know, Vance and I ran into that. I mean, he didn't he didn't run into it directly. I ran into it when we got done doing our little filming session. Um, we had like four trolling rods out, and that rod locker is not very big. And I'm not the reels are just so big. And I don't I don't have giant reels, and they just they need to go a certain way. Certain rods have to go in certain tubes. And we got done, and Vance is, Vance is like, "Hey, do you want me to help you?" To, to that effect, and I'm like. And I thought about it for a second. I'm like, nah, I'm just going to do it at home no. because <laughs> yeah, I'm not about exactly. to have him look over my shoulder and, and have him think, man, if you would have spent like four times as much, you wouldn't have this problem. Now, would you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's happening to me and my ranger now. I got like, uh, I'm going to head out. I got my six, six trolling poles. I got a backup trolling rod in there and I have a couple casting poles in there. And usually when the trip's done, I start putting that stuff in there. And it's like, gosh, I have no idea how I got all these in here. Because I still got two laying on. I can barely get the lid shut, and I still have two of these trolling poles that have, you know, 300 whatever convectors on them. And mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no way I can get it in there right now. <laughs> I'll it, figure it out later. <laughs> and, and that's the difference. You're in it every day. You're not going to – you might get it back to the camp and be like, I'm going to get this thing organized but then there's a part of you that can always just like that little devil pops up. You're like, why do it? You're just going to be a mess tomorrow. I'm I'm just going to do it tomorrow. And then you're just going to lay in the back of the boat and I'm going to put them out first thing in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And then for me, <laughs> for me, every time my boat leaves, it's like the first day of fishing season. Yes. Because. And you're, and you're spending, and I know, I know what it's like. I, I, I know exactly where you're at. When you come home, I mean, you can spend as much time. And this is the virtual fishing. You can spend as much time after the trip, mm-hmm. like tearing apart the day and getting things back in their place, getting the rods back in order. But then the next time you go, you're going to run into the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's endless. Yeah, it's just, you know, for you, it's kind of like you, you have like this screen full of dirt and you go so many trips is like every trip is like a shake. By the, by the time it's all done, the stuff that you didn't really use is all the way at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. And the stuff that's like you use a lot is still sitting in the screen. But mm-hmm. but for me, it's just like, yeah, I'm just going to keep throwing dirt in this thing. Let's, yeah, let's <laughs> just keep cleaning it up. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. It's so, all fun. It's so it's so fun too. That's so fun. I, I am having fun like going through the box. It's hard. There's times when I pull bait out and look. I was like, I remember I caught that. I caught this. Caught that. But man, should I keep it in the box or should I put this new bait in there? For me, sometimes what I do is I'm like, well, this one, this one has a different clear. And it's kind yeah. of scratched up, but I could I could prolong <laughs> this one looking nice by using this other one over here, and then I'm like, well, man, that that one looked really pretty. I hate to do that. Maybe I should take the one that's gonna. It, it, the more time you have to think, yeah. the more complicated it gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the days of just like waking up, hooking up, going out, coming back. Okay, this it this thing is soaked. Throw a box fan in the boat, and you're like, well, hopefully it dries by tomorrow. And, yeah, because we're gonna go do it again, yeah. right? And I don't want to say I miss those days, but I think of those days often, 
when it when it was oh, like yeah. the perfect fall for me. Every night, boom, just going out there because you know I was on to my own little hot bite. Yes, and before I don't, you got into making baits and having kids and kids and yeah, building sure houses. And... A lot of t- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, I have like. 450 blanks I have to drop off so that's all right I don't have anything you else can... to do <laughs> yeah. yeah no but that yeah I there's no <laughs> doubt and that's the way I was that's when I used to do tons of that I used to go up in my I lived at my grandparents house for a long time and I would just go up into the garage and just open up my tackle and you know spent many 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 hours of my life I wouldn't call them wasted hours they were fun hours getting ready for that next trip. And, uh, I don't have time for the virtual fishing anymore. I don't, I don't know that that's good or bad, you know? Yeah. You just go. Weather wise, like for anyone out there that wants to get into virtual fishing. So this, (laughs) like today was a perfect day. I know that my weather is, is not like what everyone else in the country faces, but we had a couple weeks of really nice warmer weather and you wanted to be outside and cut grass and the birds and all this. And today was one of them dreary days that were like, yeah. if I didn't have 40 million things that took 20 hours each of my day, I would have been, this was have been a virtual fishing day. That's why I did it. That's why I did it some today. It was a high of 44 degrees or something down here. And it really never stopped raining. It, it, it wasn't, it was, it was misting. more than a fog, but not quite a rain. Yeah. Yeah. Times it rained, but it was more of a misty, foggy, cold. Yeah, it was a good day for virtual fishing in the garage. Right. So, I mean, it's 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 all good. But aside from the virtual fishing and stuff like that, is there anything else that you're kind of excited or prepping for before the season? Well, just the the new nuances that are come going to come around with the lake this year. Mm-hmm. You know, looking forward to seeing what's going to happen. I know on our lake at Chautauqua, they've just passed. They're going to be spraying a whole bunch of weeds, uh, like 10 times more than they sprayed the last year or two, which they didn't spray there for a long time. So, you know, it's going to bring a whole def- whole nother. Every year's different. Every year's different. Uh, <clears throat> man, I got a, something in my throat. Anyways, aside from like the typical, um, like battle lines have you noticed just you know plain jane answer have you noticed when they spray the weeds has it changed the weed growth the following year and i don't know i i haven't fished they just started doing the spraying here mm-hmm now they did a long time ago mm-hmm. and I didn't fish it. I didn't get to fish it every day. So, you know, it would be once every other weekend and you don't really get to notice unless you're there every day. Uh, the changes. So I, I don't know what's going to, I don't. Yeah. And, you know, last year they did some spraying. I mean, the one area that they spray, the big spray area. I mean, we crushed fish in there all season long I wasn't getting them casting. I was getting them trolling out off the outside edge of where the weeds once were. But uh, actually, we the last couple of years that's happened. But uh, 
Yeah, it, it's a little different when they're talking about doing 80 acres or 800 acres. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't know what they're going to miss. I, I have a feeling, I mean, there's going to be an article coming out in the Muskie Hunter magazine that I just wrote that's, I don't, I think some people already got it. I didn't get a new Muskie Hunter yet, but it's talking about a lot of these, this certain type of curly leaf pond weed that I look for in the early season. It's a quick growth. It's going to be to the top here in a week or two. Uh, no, that weed is going to eventually die off. But I like looking for that in the early season. I mean, everything is just packed in there. All the life, all the, all the little fry just hover in that stuff. And the amount of fish that are in it is insane. You can't tell the difference between fish and weeds. You know, you're drifting through and it's just, so solid with the bait fish and fry and you know the fish of all sizes uh now if they go and spray all that stuff out of there and kill it i, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen i have a feeling what my season is going to consist of i'm going to go out and scout the day or two before the season and there's no way they can get it all i'm going to find some areas that still have some nice weed growth and that's where I'll be fishing. I don't know where it'll be, but I'll find out where that's going to be. Because yeah. it, it would be interesting to to really see if there's is this just a band aid every year if they spray it, mm-hmm. or you know like you know you, you have you know the one of those sayings like well if you if you if you cut it or you know kill it it's going to come back twice as thick next year. Or is there like a long-term residual effect? Like now this is going to be a barren desert and it's going to take 15 years for new silt to get on to where the roots can go and, you know, all this. Yeah, I I don't think that's the case. I think it's going to be more like your first option there. It's just, it's going to, it's going to reduce it or kill it. it. Yeah, you can kill it now. I mean, you can, you can weed feed your guard, your yard. It's going to kill the dandelions. But if you don't do it for two years, you got a bunch of dandelions. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, which I think that's what I I, I feel that's what's going to happen. And I think they're talking about doing it early, which I can't believe that they're going to allow them to do that here, like in the next, like this weekend or something, <laughs> when fish are still in their spawning. I mean, the bass haven't even gone into spawn yet. But uh, I'm feeling they're going going to go in and do that, and some of that stuff is going to take off after the fact. I mean, almost like my guess. Yeah, I want to like find like a silver lining in this because I know that like there was a big outcry when the snakehead, you know, that invasive species, you know, hit the water. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden it's kind of taken hold, and they're like we're going to get rid of it. And some people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We like that. Have yeah. you seen this thing <laughs> strike a top water? Well, yeah, you, yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know. I, I always try to find the silver lining in something because I feel as though in a bad situation, if you find the good, you can exploit it and, and yes. it, you can still have something good. So if this is like a contact killer to where these weeds have to come in contact with it to kill it, there's going to be some late blooming weeds. So mm-hmm. they're going to kill this. They're going to spend all this money. And I, I don't mm-hmm. know if this is true or not, but this is a, yeah, a, I don't either. It, I know what you're saying. Now. If it, okay. So they kill the ones that pop out first. And mm-hmm. then, you know, like people are, you know, the, it's like the liberation of France. Everyone that owns a home is just, you know, arms up in the air cheering. But then come late June, 
all these later blooming plants have no competition and then poof a big thick new weed bed comes right up you 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 just brought up what i would think this is my guess this is just me going out on a limb all i am is a fisherman but i do get to look at the lake every day Mm -hmm. you you are you are uh you just brought up exactly what I think will happen. They're going to go in and kill, kill a bunch of these weeds. It's going to look way different in that early season. However, I think a lot of that milfoil, which milfoil was known, I mean, people talk about it as being an invasive species. It's the weeds we have. Whether I go to <laughs> every state that I've been in, all through Canada, I mean, milfoil is not invasive to me anymore. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the weed. They've taken over. It's taken over everything. Uh, I think they're going to kill a lot of this early season stuff and that milfoil. And I think we're going to find some milfoil patches that grow up after the after they put this killer down. And uh, I think that's going to be our go to spots this year. So that's just a guess. Yeah, and be totally wrong. I'm I'm not a scientist. I'm just a fisherman, but I can see that happening. And uh, I, I I don't I don't even know that it's going to hurt the fishing. It's going to hurt what I want to do. It's going to hurt what I'm used to doing all these years and looking at these massive hundreds of acres of <laughs> this thick weed you can't even get into. And I work the edge a lot, you know. Uh, how? If they wipe all that out, I'm going to have to. I'm, we're going to be looking for those weeds. I mean, it happened. It happened to us there a few years back on the north end of Chautauqua Lake, which I no one no one can explain what happened. But very little, very little weed growth. Very little. All I mean, there was areas that I fished that I never fished before because they were solid weeds. And it was by far the best casting year the most memorable year I've ever had fishing on that lake. Like take people that didn't even know what they were doing casting and take them in there and, you know, throw some baits, you know, one comes up and hits it at the boat and they miss it. And it was like, Oh, don't worry. Just keep throwing. You'll get another chance. I mean, <laughs> that's how simple it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there were such limited weeds and the fish were all congregating into those few small weed beds that uh you know we the weeds were cut down 10 percent of what they normally were in that area and uh you just hit those areas and it was just it went on all season long you 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 were part of it that year yeah we got you, nine you, that you day went up and got the nine and you got the when you had three on three on in the first 10 cast you through mm-hmm. or something yeah uh that was the year that was like that it was such such limited weed growth, but man, you pounded on his that weed growth you found, and I feel that that's probably what will happen. It'll be a big change, but that we'll see. Yeah, and and kind of like hammering home this point of me, like you know, you, you you find what could be the positive of it, you know, like, and this is not necessarily talking to you, Todd, but talking to the listeners mm-hmm. is that, you know, so someone, you know, you could sit here and bellyache and complain online or whatever, you know. I look at this, you know, from, from a little bit different eyes and I'm going to go to my food plot. So I have my clover plots and I like that without any weeds, I need it perfect and pristine, or I will literally, I've gone out there with a pair of gloves and I've pulled weeds out. 
weeded your food plot. I weeded yeah. my food plots because <laughs> it looks so nice without the weeds in it. And some of these weeds just won't go away. I mean, I've gone like little spray bottles, like where you'd use Windex, and I put Roundup, and I'll just very gently put drops on this stuff because some of this stuff is bad. But then, okay, so how I'm crazy about that, I will then take my big sprayer on the back of the tractor, and I'll go and spray herbicide all over my clover, all over these weeds that, you know, they're supposed to be there, but I call them invasive because I don't want them there. So I spray them all, and I dump all this nasty chemicals on it and come back in two weeks and everything's perfect. Come back in two weeks, something new's come up. And I'm like, how did you not die when I killed you? Same thing can go with uh, these sprayings. It's not going to kill everything in that whole section. If you get a spot that's spotty, that used to be a completely thick wall of weeds, now has something you can work cast through, you better believe it's worth trying. And if everyone is sitting here complaining online about, oh, this is terrible, I'm not even going near it, it's going to wreck the impeller in my boat. Well, guess what? You might have whatever, one, two, three, four, five thousand acres, something where no one's fishing, and you might get into a little school of these things, and you could be pulling epic numbers. It's looking at the positive of this. Yes, okay, you guys got outvoted by big money. I get it. There might be a time where they're going to be like, we just spent X amount of thousands, or maybe even, you know, they might put in the terms of millions to, to do this, and... While they're out there skiing and doing whatever, it's not going to like, oh, there's no weeds. Let's go burn an extra 100 gallons in the ski boat. It's not going to change what they do. Mm-hmm. But you're going to be able to capitalize on it. And it's they're not yeah. doing it to spite the fishermen. They're doing it because they feel as though it could be a safety hazard. You know, and I've, I've talked about this prior, people not actually leaving the lake. I'm like, because they're like, oh, it's so weedy. I'm not going. Go out where there's no weeds. It's that easy. Yeah, You know, like when I drove 100 yeah. miles an hour into a tree, I'm not going to be like, well, I'm going to a different road. No, just don't drive where the tree is. <laughs> just don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's just going to be a little, you know, it might be a little, little different, you know, rather than going and hitting my spots that I have marked on a GPS or a lot of them aren't even marked in my GPS or just marked in my head. Pull in, stop here. Okay, let's go. How do you know where the weed edge is? Believe me, it's right here. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I do it every year. That might change for me. Mm-hmm. It's going it, to, you know, I'm not afraid of the, the extra work, but it. I guess it's afraid of falling back on that, uh, not being able to fall back on the, the normal line. The prior or, knowledge. Yeah, the the normal thing of saying like, yeah, we're, we're believe me, we're in the zone. Don't worry about it because it's been this way for the last twenty five years. Yeah, or or take the positive of any anyone now. You can buy like a hundred dollar fish finder, and I know it's this ain't exactly true. You can have side imaging and, and stuff on it. And okay, so there's no weeds in this whatever five hundred acre bay. Get in there and try to find something neat, mm-hmm. and, and it might not mm-hmm. necessarily benefit you that season it might not benefit you the next season it could be choked out with weeds but where Mm -hmm. it might benefit you is like hey you know where it's like eight feet here well there's like a really hard shelf and a kind of a weird thing down here Mm -hmm. i'm gonna mark that and i might come ice fish that use it use it for something else Mm -hmm. i mean how many times are you going to get a good clean look at the bottom of a lake 
that's normally choked up by the time you want to go fishing. Yep. Yeah, we get to talk about, uh, you know, you know, we can talk about what's going to happen. They're going to if they kill all these weeds that I'm going to look forward to fishing those first few weeks of the season. But in the same thing, I'm talking about the year that nothing grew on the other end of the lake and talking about having this banner year and thinking that I'll probably never get to do, experience that again because no one knows what happened, why they didn't grow, but what a banner year that was. Mm-hmm. So we, the weed spraying could create the same thing. Yeah. It... I, I feel that's what's going to happen is I'm going to find them and they're going to be loaded with fish. The ones that I find the weeds. Yeah. It's just a guess. It's, it's going to be interesting, but you know, more or less, I'm just trying to tell people out there like, yeah, you can complain, but find yeah. it, find no, it do any good. the advantage of happen. it and exploit it. And it might work for you. It might not. But I'd rather try it for a little bit. You, you can stumble into some, you know, little honey hole. But other than that, Todd, you got anything else? Yeah. We're an hour and 13 in it. Yeah. I mean, that's about it for me. That's what we're doing. We're getting ready. Mm-hmm. Getting ready. And, you know, I'm, I think I might go fishing this year. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> but. It's probably not going to be with you in Vance because you guys are booked up solid for, I don't know, here till November. No, we got, <laughs> no, we got a couple of days. I don't have anything in October, really, so get a hold of us for October. Very nice. Good month, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Well, there you go. There's Muddy Creek. Book him in October because he's booked solid. <laughs> no. uh, Fatty Z Musky Products, fattyzmusky.com. Uh, find the baits right now, Team Rhino Outdoors and Muskie Tackle Online. I'll be updating our store when I get the uh, baits complete. And St. Croix Rods, Best Rods on Earth, Ranger Boats, Vicks Marine and Sports Center in Kent, Ohio, Muskies, Inc., join your local chapter. They're doing a lot of things. We talked a lot about it earlier in this show, but uh, the Chautauqua Lake Showdown in late June. You have June 1st, the Wausau area. Muskies Inc. chapter, they have a tournament. You can find that at their website, which I don't have off the top of my head. You can also, this, like in five days from now, Chapter 70 is going to be having a Tiger and Pike tournament going on. Uh, You can find that also on their website. Google search, it's Chapter 70. Um, After that, I'm going to probably, I think I hit all the plugs. And thanks for listening. Good luck fishing.